0: Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and lay down our lives for others. Jesus calls us to pick up our lives, or pick up our cross, rather, and lay down our lives for others. So as an army chaplain, I have the privilege of serving some of our nation's greatest men and women we were asked to walk alongside our soldiers and go through some of the most difficult situations with them. We get to deploy with them. We get to go where they go. We wear their uniform. We train with them. We do everything that we have to do and everything that we have the privilege to do uh, to follow our soldiers where they go. As one chaplain said, our boots go through the same dirt. Our service members are asked to lay down their lives in defense of this great nation And our nation is grateful, and and our people appreciate what our soldiers do, but they will never be able to understand exactly what it's like to be a soldier. No one can understand what it is to be in the military unless they have themselves been in the military. And our service members go through great difficulty, sometimes very grueling training. They spend long days, weeks, months, years away from friends, away from family, away from those they love. They miss birthdays. They miss weddings, funerals, graduations, moments in life that they will never get back. And though social media and other technologies have made it easier for us to communicate with loved ones back home, uh, our, us as soldiers, we, we don't have any substitute for actually being home with our families. It's, there's nothing like actually being home. And moreover, depending on the mission and, and where we are, we may not have access to technology in order to communicate with people back home. So even with all these high costs of being away from friends and being away from loved ones and the difficulty of um, the training that we go through, we are willing to go through this difficulty in order to serve our nation. And as, a, as an army soldier, I and my brothers and sister in uniform have sworn um, by, by declaring a creed And this is what we call the soldier's creed. We declare, I'm an American soldier. I'm a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I'm disciplined, physically and mentally tough, trained, proficient in my warrior tasks and battle drills. I will always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. I'm an expert, and I'm a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States in close combat. I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. Although I'm a chaplain now, and I don't carry a weapon anymore, and, uh, and intentionally participate in combat, I still remember this creed as I was in basic training as an enlisted soldier, and this creed was drilled down into my bones as I went through basic training at Fort Leonard Wood. As we would stand in line getting ready for chow, the drill sergeants would come by and they would call us to attention, and so we'd come to attention, and then they would call us to sound off this creed. We are trained to defend our American freedoms, no matter the cost, and we know that sometimes this may even mean that we have to lay down our own lives in service to our country, Serving as a chaplain today I know that I could still be killed in combat I could still be killed as I serve my soldiers as I deploy and as I go with my soldiers or even during training operations but it is my pri- pri- uh, my privilege and my duty and and I consider it a great honor to go where my soldiers go to do whatever I need to do to follow after my soldiers and to serve them I get to be their pastor I get to be their spiritual director I get to be their friend. I get to be my commander's advisor wherever we go. Life is a great gift from God, and every moment that we spend is a moment we will never get back. And the seconds tick by, and some of us spend our lives doing things that uh, may um, accumulate to uh, small things, and and some of us do great things. And I'm very proud, Very privileged to follow after these soldiers and to serve them wherever they go. And they use these fleeting moments to do something of great worth by serving our nation. And some of these soldiers, their lives get cut short. Some of them, at the age of 18, are killed in combat, and they will never come home to their friends and their family who are left waiting. They have made the ultimate sacrifice. And they did more in their short time than many people will do in the many decades that they have on this earth. They chose to lay down their life for their friends, for their families, and for their nation. Since the Twin Towers fell in New York on September 11, 2001, over 7,000 of our service members have been killed in service to our country. And these service members have left behind careers, they've left behind mortgage payments, credit card payments, they've left behind lawns to cut, they've left behind children to raise, and they've left behind spouses to love. Our service members, in many ways, are just like any other American, except they've taken on an incredible responsibility that will cost all of them some. But on this Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who gave up everything in the service to our country. Our service members know what it is to sacrifice, and I believe we can learn from their example. Sacrifice is an essential thing for the Christian life. And we look to the perfect example of sacrifice, who is Jesus Christ. We look to his life, we look to his death, and we look to his resurrection. In our reading from John's Gospel today, Jesus uh, tells us how important sacrifice is. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. John chapter 15, 12 through 17. And let us look at what Jesus says about sacrifice. So if you read verses 12 through 13, Jesus starts off by saying, this is a command. What I'm about to tell you is a command. Now if you're in the military, you know what a command is, right? In our society, a lot of things are optional, But in the military, if somebody gives you a command, you have to do it. By saying this is a command, it means this is no longer optional. And the Greek word that Jesus uses when he says this is a command is the word entele. Entele. It means a charge or injuncture from an office of authority. So Jesus, like a military commander, says that what I am telling you right now is something you are required to do. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. And so this prompts us to ask the question, how did Jesus love his disciples? How does he love us? He loved us and he continues to love us. He loved us by laying down his life for us. Through the cross, Jesus took on every sin in the world. Through the cross, he hung in agony to take our sins upon his body And exchange our sin for his righteousness. He took our sin. He gave us his righteousness. And as we come to him in faith, we receive that righteousness. So how do we love one another as Jesus loved us? Put simply, we die. We die for one another. And we always, always, always take the position of humility to raise other people up. We always sacrifice for those around us and we always treat others better than they deserve. We treat them better than they deserve and we always love them no matter their crimes against us. We pick up our cross and we lay down our lives for others. Not just once, not just twice, but every single day. Jesus says in Matthew ten thirty eight. whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. We radically abandon ourselves, our preferences, our likes and our dislikes, in order to serve others. And as the Apostle Paul says, we become everything to everyone, become all things to all people, in order to save some. Sometimes as Christians, especially here in America, where our religious freedoms have been bought with the precious blood of service members, we can get pretty comfortable we can get comfortable with things just as they are. And we don't like anyone coming in and disturbing the things uh, that we like, the things that we have worked very meticulously to, uh, to put into place to make our lives comfortable. And sometimes we fear that people will come in, uh, broken, sinful, hurting people, will come into our lives and disturb things. And I'm not exempt from this. I'm, and I'm not exempt. I, I know what it is to have a family and to have Uh, a life that I I want to keep safe, right? I like the structure that I have. I don't want broken, sinful people coming in and ruining my life, right? But Jesus came as an example, and he became vulnerable to the broken, sinful people around us in order that he might save some. He willingly stepped down from eternal glory. He stepped down from his glorious throne. He gave up his honor and his position being worshipped by angels. And as the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus experienced everything that we experience, yet without sinning. Jesus knows what it is to be hurt. He knows what it is to be betrayed. And you may be saying, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. Who are you to tell me to forgive them? Jesus knows. Jesus knows what it is to be hurt. and He knows what it is to be betrayed. And he knows what it is to be vulnerable. He came as a vulnerable servant to willingly die to save us from hell. Jesus is commanding us to love others as he loved us. How well are we doing at that? Are we willingly laying down our lives to become servants for those around us? Some might be saved. This calls us to examine every part of our lives and ask the question Have I turned this over to God in order that some might be saved? My relationships, my hobbies, my home, my car, my money. Jesus asked us to lay all of these things at His feet so that He might use them for His kingdom. Jesus asked us to lay everything down to follow Him. Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and lay down our lives for others. So I'm not saying that I have us all figured out. I don't. I'm still a broken person and I feel the result of the fall every day in my sinful body. I know know what it is to carry around this body of death as Paul calls it. I still sin. I'm often jealous. I'm often narcissistic and prideful. But Jesus saved me and he is patient with me and he's always drawing me back to himself, and he is willing to call me his friend. So this brings us to verse 14. Jesus says that, he, uh, that we are his friend if we do what he commands. We are not Jesus' friends vir- by virtue of being born, or by virtue of being human, or any intrinsic thing in us. We are Jesus' friends if we do what he says. We have the privilege of being friends of Jesus as we obey his commands. Now, this does not require us to be perfect because if you look at the disciples, you can see that each one of them screws up. Each one of them is not perfect. They do not always obediently follow everything that Jesus commands. Our friendship with Jesus depends on a never giving up, never stopping, always and forever commitment to obeying his commands. One of the things I love about being an Anglican is I come into worship on Sundays or during morning prayer or evening prayer, and I can come and I can lay my failures at the feet of Jesus. And if I come sincerely and repent and want to change my life to faithfully follow Jesus, not only does he forgive me, but he empowers me to do exactly what I'm asking for, to faithfully follow him. So Christianity isn't about losing our salvation and getting it back regularly over and over again, as some people seem to think. Jesus has earned salvation for us by his death on the cross. And if we believe in him and turn to him for salvation, we will receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus earned our salvation for us on the cross. So in verse 16, we see that Jesus sees us as more than simply slaves. In in your translation, it likely says servant, but in the Greek it's actually doulas, which means slave. And sometimes in the military, we can have uh, leaders who, what we call, uh, they have what we call toxic leadership. Their leadership is toxic because when they give commands, instead of uh, developing their, their subordinates and helping them to understand why, they just simply ask them, or they simply command them to obey them. But true leadership develops others and transforms others to become leaders themselves. So here Jesus is saying that he does not expect his followers to be slaves, which more accurate, so that's the accurate translation is slaves. He wants us to follow after him and to investigate his word, to learn about him, to draw near to him. Jesus is not like a slave master. He's not just giving us rules or telling us what to do, but he is giving us Friendship, to come and have conversation with him, to pray, to talk with him. So, Christianity is not about being a mindless robot, and I think sometimes Christians get a bad rap for that, that we're just following these uh, commands mindlessly. Christianity is about a relationship with Christ and listening for his voice. Jesus calls us into a friendship, not slavery. We should be as obedient as slaves as we follow after Christ, but we are called into conversation. Just like a good commander, Jesus does not give us orders to blindly follow. He invites us to understand why we are doing what we are doing, why we are called to what we are called to. We are called to understand our faith, not simply and slavishly follow a list of rules. In our closing verses 16 and 17, Jesus makes clear that he chose us. We did not choose him, Just as Paul teaches us in Ephesians 2, a dead man cannot choose anything. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, and the greatest miracle of the gospel is that sinful people would lay down everything to follow Jesus. We often look at all the miracles in the gospel. We look at the uh, healings and and the stilling of the storm. But the greatest miracle is that sinners would turn their lives over to Jesus. Without Jesus... We can do nothing. He illuminates our minds that, we are, that we're darkened by sin so that we can follow him. Jesus chose us and appointed us to bear fruit. And just as Father Jonathan said last week so well in his sermon, everything we do, we do because of what he does in us. We produce fruit by abiding just as a branch abides in the vine. Jesus also teaches us the secret to effective prayer in these verses. The secret to effective prayer is abiding in Jesus. As we spend time in prayer, fasting, and, and taking in God's word each day, we become so close to God that our, we have become to have the mind of Christ. We desire the things that God desires. We love the things that God loves, and we hate the things that God hates. So as we pray, we pray in accordance with the will of God. God loved us so much that Jesus came down from heaven to die for us. So if we ever have a question about how much God loves us, just look to the cross. As we abide in Jesus, we will begin to love one another as Jesus Christ has commanded us to love one another. And you may be saying, there's no way I could forgive that person. There's no way I could love that person. And I agree. There's no way you can love them on your own. But as you abide in Jesus Christ, he will give you the power, the ability to love others the way that he has loved us, the way that he has died for us. The only way that we can love others is through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. You can do all of this through prayer, fasting, and taking in God's word. Let me just close by saying I am so grateful for the sacrifice of our soldiers this Memorial Day weekend. And I am so grateful for their example to us of sacrifice. And as we look to that sacrifice, let us look to also, and most importantly, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as our greatest example of sacrifice, as we love one another as he has called us to lay down our lives and love them. So Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and lay down our lives for others. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.